Amen. Praise God for bringing people to us that we need here at the, the church and that draw the lost uh, to our church. We can continually pray for one another, encourage one another, lift one another up. One else this morning. Can you remember uh, Mark and Lisa in prayer? Can you remember Crystal and Terry DeWeese? Crystal's doing better now, but she's still a sick young lady, or middle-aged lady, I guess she is. But anything else? Uh, unspoken request this morning. The uplifted hand. Uh, all right, those that have, have lost loved ones, I know we've all got lost loved ones we can pray for, so at this time, uh, those that will, will gather around the altar and take uh, these supplication of the Lord and uh, you know we need to uh, praise God today as we as we pray you know God tells us he inhabits the praise of his people we want the presence of God here we need to lift him up in praise and thank him for all that he does for us all right those of you that can can will Christians and other 
pastors, God, that are, uh, Lord, trying to navigate through these uh, difficult days and hard times. God, help us to be found faithful, Lord. Uh, bless the nation of Israel, God. And uh, Father, Lord, I pray, God, that, uh, Lord, you'd keep her safe, give her peace, Lord. And, uh, Lord, children, protect her from her enemies, God. And, Lord, I pray that Americans would be on the right side of that battle, Lord, that we'd stand uh, unwaveringly, God, with the people of God. Lord, I do love you today. Pray, God, that you bless those who may be listening or watching online. Father, uh, God, those who are here today, God, if there might be one amongst us today, uh, Lord, who is lost, who doesn't know you as Savior, God, would you save them before it's too late, God? God, again, I pray that we'd all be challenged by the things that are that are said here today in this place, God. Uh, God, we do praise you, Father, for what you do uh, for us and on our behalf. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, it is good to be in the Lord's house this morning, amen? Appreciate your presence, appreciate, uh, amen, uh, another day that the Lord has given us. This is the day that the Lord has made, and let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, amen. We'll take up our uh, Sunday morning offering at this time. Uh, is Leah going to help us today? Leah, are you going to help take the offering up? It's your turn, baby. Got her shoes. Hey, man. Come on, baby. All right, we're going to pray first, okay? Pray right here while we're praying. Will you lead some prayer, sir? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day, Lord. Thank you for another opportunity to gather in your church, Father. Lord, we pray that you'll help us today. Uh, that you'll prove exactly what you have us to prove, Lord. Pray that you'll help us to put forth the every one of us put forth in this service uh, not only that we might receive but we might be a blessing to others yes Lord thank you for the opportunity to give so much back of what you've given to us and yes I pray Lord that it will be used as discernment and uh, furtherance of your gospel around the world Lord help us to be diligent uh, with what you've given in Jesus name we do ask and pray all this Amen Amen
Praise God. Here she comes. privilege we have to give to him as he's given to us amen praise the lord we do appreciate your presence today and amen my favorite time of year fall uh the fall season uh, just a beautiful time amen just displays the handiwork of god and uh amen just the fall colors that ought to convert any atheist amen only thing I can't figure out is why we've got some Travis's wearing orange today. But, uh, okay. Not football, okay. All right, just checking. Roll Tide, Leah. Leah. Wow, Roll Tide. We just killed the spirit, didn't we? All right, well, I know we've got at least one birthday today, uh, other than the one birthday that we have, uh, do we have any other birthdays this morning? All right, Miss Caroline turns 15 today. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. My 15-year-old, what that means, she's getting ready to get her driver's permit, and all I can say is be watching out on the roads because the world will never be the same. So let's sing happy birthday this morning to Caroline, okay? Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you, amen, amen, praise God. All right, I'm going to ask my family to come sing this morning, that's what she gets for her birthday, an opportunity to sing today, so y'all come.
going home with Jesus in a twinkling of an eye. And I made my reservation for a mansion in the sky. And I may not know the moment, oh, I may not know the day, but I know that I'll be leaving when he calls his church listening for the trumpet to sound most any time oh the crown of life is awaiting thank god it's to be mine i've got my invitation to a place called calvary through the precious blood of jesus this trip's been paid for me i'm going home with jesus in a twinkling of an eye and i made my reservation for a mansion in the sky i may not know the moment oh i may not know the day but i know that i'll be leaving when he calls his church away the captain of the vessel says come on get on board and the destination's heaven save on that crystal shore savior and our loved ones who have gone to live for all eternity oh yes we're going home and i'm going home with jesus in a twinkling of an eye and i made my reservation for a mansion in the sky i may not know the moment oh i may not know the day but i know that i'll be leaving when he calls his church away i'm going home with jesus in a twinkling of an eye and i may for a mansion in the sky I may not know the moment And I may not know the day But I know that I'll be leaving When he calls his church away And I know that I'll be leaving When he calls his church away right but I thought she did a good job amen we want to encourage our young people to serve the Lord and use their gifts and abilities and talents that God's given to them uh, for his name if we don't do that they'll turn to the world and I don't want that to happen to you amen praise God well you can be turning in your Bibles today if you will uh, to the book of Genesis, chapter 19, Genesis chapter number 19, while you're turning. Uh, God been good to anybody, anything that, uh, that uh, anybody, a word that anybody has, a special blessing that uh, God's bestowed upon you this week, now would be a good time to share that, amen? Anybody blessed this morning? 
It's good to have LV back with us today. Amen. Appreciate LV. We love him. So very thankful uh, for him. He's been going through some things, but boy, I believe the Lord's faithful. And it's just a blessing to have him this morning. Anybody else today, something uh, on your heart you'd you'd like to share with the church before we preach? Amen. Amen. I heard good things. Heard good things about that. And uh, amen. I tell you what, I just appreciate anybody that would be willing to take a stand and uh, proclaim the good news of the gospel. Amen. You got something, brother? <laughs> amen. That's something to be thankful for. If you get up, it's because he woke you up. That's right. Somebody else today. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Inhale with me today. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Well, if you did that, you're without excuse, right? Anybody else this morning? I'm just glad Nash and Zeke didn't come to church beat, battered, and bruised. You didn't play this week? You can't? Your shoulder? But you don't have a cast on. You don't know where it's at. You're supposed to be wearing it? Okay. Uh-huh. Well, I, I, I told on him. That's what the preacher's supposed to do, right? Amen. Any any others today? Can I say this? We need to pray for our uh, our universities. It just sickens me to see the um, the widespread support uh, of terrorism uh, on our college campuses, and some of them are taking heat from it financially. A lot of their donors are threatening to withdraw support, and I say. Praise God for it, because it, it, you know it's we've gotten into a bad state when our publicly funded state universities are unashamedly supporting terrorism. I don't know if it's true or not, but um, well, the source was reliable. Um, I'll say this: the source was reliable, and that is that supposedly at a, a one of our football games last night. Michigan, Michigan State, Spartan Stadium, uh, there was uh, on the uh, video board, there was a, a picture of Adolf Hitler on there. Is that true, Mom? Yeah. And um, you say, well, there, that's impossible. Friend, you better open your eyes. That's where we're at. Uh, I mean, things are just so misconstrued uh, in our country. And what it is, it's propaganda it's, it's government indoctrination, and, um, you know, our universities are teaching wrong in the place of right. And it's been going on for a long time, and uh, sad to say I'm afraid God's people are just a little too late to the party uh, to realize what's been taking place. Amen. 
All right, I just want, I won't charge you for that one, okay? That one's free of charge. All right, uh, let's look at uh, Genesis chapter 19. All my heart's clear this morning. I want to make sure I've given you every opportunity. All right, uh, verse number 1, Genesis chapter number 19, verse number 1. The Bible says, And there came two angels uh, to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face towards the ground, and he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto them, and entered into the, his house, and he made them a feast. And did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot, and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them, and shut the door after him, and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters, which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came, the under, came they under the shadow of my roof, and they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and he'll be needs be a judge. Now we will deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut to the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city? Bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord. Uh, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said up, Get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. Thank God for that. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, and he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape unto the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, O not so, my Lord, behold now, Thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape unto the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I die. Behold now, this city is near to flee unto, and is, it is a little one. 
Oh, let me escape thither, is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing, that I will not overthrow this city, for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Once again, thank God for that. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered unto Zoar. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven, and He overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But His wife looked back from behind Him, and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place to where he stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain. And behold, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the land which Lot dwelt. With the Lord's help today, I want to preach on this thought, where will you be when the fire falls? Where will you be when the fire falls? Holly, will you turn me up a little bit this morning? Father in heaven, I love you. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. Lord, thank you, God, that one of these days we're going home with Jesus. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful for the day that mercy found me. Uh, but God, Lord, I, I have a, uh, Lord, just a very... Um, um, Lord, a very heavy um, feeling today, a very heavy burden, probably not nearly as much as I should have for this message, for this service, and Lord, the implication that it has in and upon our lives, upon our families, upon our church, and certainly the world that we're living in. God, challenge me, challenge my life, challenge my family, challenge this church, Lord, challenge everyone that's here, especially uh, those adults who are responsible for the younger generation, Lord, to make sure that we're where we need to be when the fire falls. God, judgment's coming. Lord, this world is reserved unto fire. And Lord, you won't destroy it with water like you did the first time. But God, very, very soon, sooner than any of us can imagine, the fire's going to fall. And Lord, I want to make sure that I am not in Sodom. I want to make sure that my loved ones are not in Sodom. I want to make sure that my children are not in Sodom. I want to make sure that my wife is not in Sodom. Lord, I pray that all of us would be on the right side uh, of the situation when the fire falls. Lord, I pray today that you'd help me use me, help me to preach not through the flesh, but through the unction, the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, I'm not deserving, I'm not worthy. Forgive me of sin, cleanse me from all unrighteousness, but use me as a conduit and a mouthpiece, Father, for Thee. And God, honor Your Word, exalt Your Son by way of Your humbled servant. Save that one that's lost. Challenge all of us to be as close to You as we possibly can. We're going to praise You in advance for what You do. In Jesus' name we pray, all God's people said, Amen. I did preach uh, on these thoughts several years back, but I have changed some things a little bit this morning. But again, at Genesis chapter 9, we find what I consider to be one of the scariest stories uh, that occurs in the Bible. 
to a man whom I consider to be one of the saddest characters in all of the Scriptures. I know you're familiar with the story of how that when God called Abram out of Ur of the Chaldeas, even though He told Abraham to leave everybody behind, He chose to take Lot as well as his family on the journey with him. Now, I believe this was a wrong choice. Uh, I don't believe uh, Abram should have took Lot with him. I believe Lot was toxic. Amen. I believe Lot uh, brought Abram down. Uh, amen. Wrecked havoc in his life. Amen. You need to make sure that you pick and choose the right kind of company. Amen. Uh, amen. You may need to make sure you're hanging around the right kind of people. People that will bring you up rather uh, than will tear you down. Amen. But you remember also how that uh, upon arriving in Canaan, Abram chose to flee to the promised land, flee the promised land and travel to Egypt where once again Lot journeyed with him. Upon leaving Egypt and traveling to Canaan, although Abram saw or brought Lot with him out of Egypt, can I say to you that Abram never got Egypt out of Lot. And, and upon returning to Canaan, Lot and his herdsmen ended up getting into dispute with Abram and his herdsmen. And as a result, Abram and Lot chose to separate. They decided to live in different places, uh, go their own, their, their different ways. And upon given a choice by Abram, Lot ended up choosing to dwell in the fertile plain of Jordan where the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were. Abram chose to settle with the less fertile and less attractive plains of Mamre, which allowed him to remain separated from the wicked cities of the Jordan Plain. And what started out uh, as just a look towards Sodom, amen, then became a move towards Sodom that ultimately ended up being a permanent lodging place in and amongst the Sodomites for Lot and his family. May I remind you this morning when it comes to the things of this world, when it comes to the allurements and the attractions that are put before us by Satan, one look is all it took. Amen. Eve can testify to that. David is an example of that. We better guard our ears and our eyes. They are the portals to our minds. Amen. And the more of Sodom, the more of the world you get, the more of it your flesh is going to want. Amen. So again, when we begin being friends with the world, we end up falling in love with the world. Then we find ourselves conforming to the world. And then we'll finally end up being condemned with the world if we're not careful. That is the story of Lot. Uh, amen. You say, well, I, I, I want to influence the world, brother. What will happen? The world will influence you. Amen. There's been a lot of well-meaning people tried to help uh, people in this world that ended up being brought down even though they had good intentions. So I'm sure he never planned it out that way. By the time it was all over, Lot ended up being in the city of Sodom when the fire fell. So that's the question I have for all of us today. Where will we be when the fire falls? And not just us, but how about our loved ones? How about our families? Friend, I want to re remind you today that I'm not just responsible for myself. Amen. Just like Cain when he slew Abel, am I my brother's keeper? Well, yeah, he was. He wanted to uh, say, well, you know, Abel was responsible for his own demise, but friend, I'm telling you, others are dependent upon you making the right choices and doing the right things. Amen. 
So not only where will I be when the fire falls, but where will my wife be? Where will my children be? Where will my loved ones be? Uh, where will other people be because I led them in the wrong direction? Well, friend, judgment's coming. Do you believe that? This world will be judged by fire. That's what the Bible promises us. The first time God judged the world, He did so by water. But the next time, He will destroy it by fire. Let me give you some scripture. 2 Peter 3, verse number 3, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were, from the beginning of the creation, or so they thought. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old and of earth, standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished but the heavens and the earth, which are now. By the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire, against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord, and as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Judgment's coming sooner rather than later. If you can't see that today, you need to get your head out of the sand. We're no better than Sodom. The sins that were taking place in Abram's day are the same sins taking place in our day. And I'm telling you, uh, we might even say that we're worse off today than the Sodomites were. Amen. Uh, we Americans are guilty of sin in spite of the knowledge and awareness that we have. Amen. We're without excuse. We've heard and we've been told the truth and God will hold us to a higher standard than He will the Sodomites. And for us, that ought to be a scary thought. I'll never forget growing up, my granddaddy used to say that, Amen, if he didn't judge America for her sin, he'd have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. And that was 30 years ago before we ever thought about uh, gay marriage, transgender bathrooms, and killing babies either right before or after they're born. Amen? So what would he say today? I don't know that I'd want to hear that. <laughs> so you better mark it down, brother. You better realize one way or another judgment is coming and I believe with all my heart that God is going to unleash the holy wrath and judgment that He has reserved for this old world like we've never seen before. And when He does, it'll be over the sins we've committed against His name. So I want to ask you, where are you going to be when the fire falls? Amen? All these things that we fall in love with, all of these allurements and bells and whistles and trinkets and things that, uh, amen, just uh, distract us from what really matters. Uh, amen? All these things that just uh, whet the appetite of our uh, lustful flesh, amen, that we want to, uh, amen, just uh, put before, before our families and put before, uh, amen, the things of God, amen. Do you know it's all going to burn up in fire one day? Amen. When we spend our lives, when we waste our lives on the things of this world, amen, one of these days we'll come out empty-handed. The Bible says, He that loses his life shall find it. Amen. But he... Uh, amen. When we uh, spend our lives living for ourselves in this world, we'll end up empty-handed on Judgment Day. Hey, when Jesus comes back, will He find your righteous soul vexed like He found Lot's? 
because you've allowed your life to be defiled by your own ungodly affiliation and association. If God knows my heart, He knows. Do you know what? If Jesus come back today, He'd find most of us filthy, polluted, defiled. Amen. Amen. Why? Listen, because we spend so much time dabbling in the things of this world. Where are you going to be when the fire falls? Will you be on the flat plains of Mamre with Abram? Or will you be, uh, amen, uh, fiddling around and fooling around with the sodomites like Lot did? Let me share a thought with you. Here's a remedy. Can I get, Normally we give the remedy and the solution at the end, but we're going to do it at the beginning this time. Do you know the best thing you can do is stay out of Sodom? Best thing you can do is keep your family as far away from Sodom as you possibly can. Let me go ahead and lay her down on the line right now. It's a whole lot easier to keep them out than it is to get them out. It's a whole lot easier to keep them out of the world than it is to get them out once they go in. Why? Because they're just like you. They've got a flesh that's attracted to sin. And the more of the world... Uh, amen, they experience the more of the world they want. Amen? And I'm afraid for some, and for most kids, amen, because their parents do a sorry job of protecting them from the world. Amen, they've already been defiled and polluted uh, before they ever start living. Genesis 13, 10, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord. Like the, land of e like the land of Egypt. It reminded Lot of Egypt. See, the reason Lot ended up in Sodom is because Abram uh, exposed Lot to Egypt. And Lot journeyed east and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and he pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceeding, which direction are you pitching your tent? The Pitching the tent of your life, pitching the tent of your family. Hey, which direction are we going to pitch the tent of this church? Toward Sodom or toward Mamre. Amen. See, the worst decision he made was when he looked toward Sodom. Amen. One look was all it took. Right? See, we got a choice to make. Will we choose to be separate and make personal sacrifices in order to live lives that are holy, pure, and sanctified unto the Lord, or we allow ourselves to be exposed to and defiled by and destroyed by the pleasure of sins for a season. Let me give you some scriptures today. Hebrews eleven twenty four. I got a lot to say, so I'm speaking fast. Hebrews eleven twenty four. By faith, Moses, when he came to years, Amen. As a young adult, teenagers, you listen to me today. You need to choose now. You need to choose, uh, amen, you need to choose as a young person, as a young adult, as a teenager, you need to choose, uh, amen, where you're going to be when the fire falls. Which direction are you going to pitch the tent of your life towards? Amen. Do you know the decision you make now as a young person, amen, may well, may very well and probably will affect the overall trajectory of your life. Amen. Uh, remember thy Creator in the days of thy youth. There's a lot of us adults that wish we could go back 
And if we had it to do over again, we would have remembered our Creator a whole lot sooner than we did. Amen. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused. You've got to refuse some things. To be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction. Boy, that's, that's not an easy choice to make, is it? I mean, let's just, I mean, let's, let's, let's not try to make this something that's not. There is pleasure in sin for a season. Amen. Drugs will make you feel good. Sex does feel good. Alcohol. Amen. I mean, there, there is a high, there is pleasure in sin for a season. But that's the, that's the problem with it. It's just temporary. The pleasures of God are eternal, everlasting, and they never end. Amen. Choosing to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Here it is. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches. Man, what a step of faith. Than the treasure in Egypt. What means more to you? Uh, the blessings of God in upon your life, hearing, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Or the treasures of Egypt. For he had respect under the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt. Do you know it takes faith to forsake Egypt? It's still the right choice. Best decision I can ever make in my life as an adult, as an adult is to forsake Egypt. The best decision you young people can make this morning is while you are young, choose, I don't want anything to do with Egypt. You know Egypt's not got anything good to offer you. The devil will doll it up. He'll make it the most attractive thing coming. And a lot of times he does so in the, in the form of a male or a female. Hallelujah, can I get a witness? Amen. Not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. That's, that's not an easy thing to do, is it? Listen to Hebrews 13 through 11 through 14. For the body of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest... For sin or burn without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate. Let us go forth therefore into him without the camp. Bearing his reproach for here we have no continuing city but we seek one to come. We'll be, we'll be, here it is. Amen. You're going to be satisfied with living in a tent in Mamre or having a permanent, what seems like a permanent foundation in Sodom. Amen. Hey, will you be a tent dweller like Abram, believing that one of these days God's got a, a, amen, a continuing city for you, one you've never seen? Amen. Will you trust God's promise to bless your life, saying, I don't need Sodom to make me happy? Can I say that you don't need Sodom to make you happy? Amen. In fact, when it's all said and done, Sodom will bring you nothing but death, destruction, and misery. Happiness is only found through Jesus Christ. We better make the right choice. One day the fire is going to fall and Sodom will be destroyed. Why would you choose something that's reserved for fire? Amen? All right, now there's a reason why a lot went in Sodom. The reason is found in the fact that Uncle Abram allowed him to get a taste of Sodom early in his life. I'm talking about his journey to Egypt. The reason, See, when Lot saw Sodom, Sodom reminded Lot of what he had already tasted in Egypt. The reason he took his family to Egypt was because there was a famine in Canaan. 
And what we as people want to do, we want to forsake, just like uh, Naomi's husband. There was a famine in Bethlehem, Judah, so he left Bethlehem, Judah for Moab during the famine. I'd rather be in the will of God in a famine than enjoying uh, the pleasures of the world when the fire falls in and upon Egypt. See, is it Elimelech? Was that Naomi's husband? Amen. Uh, amen. He looking. He he left Bethlehem, Judah. Amen. Looking to prosper, thinking that the grass was greener on the other side. Amen. But he never made it back. When Naomi came back, she is empty-handed and she is poor. It's what Egypt will do. The devil will promise you the world and he'll leave you empty-handed. Man. But Abram exposed Lot to Egypt when he temporarily got outside the Lord's will. Parents, you listen to me. Every decision you make, every choice you make, every day you live, it's important for you to stay smack dab right in the center of God's will. Because just when you, hey, listen, it's one thing when I drift off. And if I drift outside the sheepfold, if I'm just taking myself, but I got a wife and two babies that I'm taking with me. You say, well, I'm strong enough to handle it. Well, you're probably not. But even if you are, they aren't. And it may not have a consequence on your life, but it may destroy theirs. Oh, we're having fun today, aren't we? I'm telling you, the Lord has burdened my heart with this message. We've got to be careful about allowing ourselves, our children, and our loved ones to get a taste of the world. One taste may turn into an appetite that when it's all said and done will end up being an addiction. Your flesh is attracted to the world and it is attracted to sin. The more we expose our life to the world's pleasures, the more our flesh develops a stronger and a stronger appetite for the things of this world. You know what I found out? The current of this world is too strong for me to handle. And I'm a preacher. Uh, amen. A church kid that grew up in church before I ever came out of my mom's womb. And this world, the current of this world is too strong for me to handle by myself. So what does that tell me about my babies? If I can't handle it, do I think they can? We better make sure the Lord's somewhere in the mix and in the equation. Amen? Because if He's not, neither we or they stand a fighting chance. Lot went to Sodom because he got a taste for the pleasure of Sodom while he was young. Now there's a remnant that protected Sodom. Abram was the only thing that stood between Lot and destruction. Abram interceded for Lot. Amen. Not only that, there was a, the Lord was looking for a, a remnant as an, to serve as an excuse not to destroy Sodom. Did you know that's the only thing that's staying God's hand today? The only thing that's keeping God from unleashing hell on this world is the remnant of the church. Right? We've got to stand in the gap. We've got to do our part. Take up the hedge. And you know who I'm most responsible for? I may not win the world, but bless God, I want to make sure I save my family. Do you know we won't win the world? No, we, we need to win some. We need to, we, need to, I mean, we need to do our best to pull as many out of the fire as we can. But I don't want to spend so much time going after the world that I end up losing my own family. 
right? All right, there's a return of the three visitors. Genesis 19, 1. Amen. They came at even, and Lot sat at Sodom, and he rose up to meet him, and he bowed himself with his face. Amen. I'm not going to read it all. Uh, Lot bowed himself to the ground and welcomed them into his house. By the way, they really didn't want to go into his house. Amen. Would the Lord want to go into your house? Huh? Here's the thing. Where are you going to be before when the fire falls? Here's my question. Where are you going to be when the Lord comes back? Are you going to be looking for His return? Or are you going to be ashamed at His coming? Amen. Is God going to have to dra drag me out of Sodom kicking and screaming uh, by the head of my hair? Or is He going to find me on the plains of Mamre with Abram? Where are we going to be when the fire falls? Where are we going to be when the Lord comes back? Amen. We need to be preparing ourselves, church, for the Lord's return because I'm telling you, just as sure as I'm standing here preaching today, Jesus is coming back. And I'm glad He's coming back before the fire falls. Amen? Now here's the thing. I don't have to worry about being burned up with Sodom. Right? I'm not appointed to wrath. Lot provides us with a perfect example of how that the Lord is going to do whatever He has to to deliver His people out of the world. But he's going to, it's going to take a whole lot of work for Him to drag some of us out. Because we are so enveloped with the things of this world. Our tents are, 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 are drove, they're driven so deep. I mean, we've got such a, a firm foundation. You know, God doesn't want you to build a foundation in this world. This ain't my home. Amen. I'm to dwell in a tent. Amen. Jesus didn't even have a place to lay His head. Right? We're to be laying up treasures not on earth but in heaven. Man, you know, we ought not to be, be, be afraid or terrified by what's happening in the Middle East. It ought to excite God's people because it's a sign to lift up our heads. Redemption draweth nigh. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Before we ever answer the question, where are we going to be when the fire falls? Where are we going to be when the Lord returns? Man. Lot got caught. He was not prepared he was not expecting the Lord to visit his house one of these days the Lord's going to visit your house amen if I'm expecting him to visit I'll be ready when I'm expecting company I'm going to clean the house up we had a birthday party at our house yesterday that's why I got <laughs> that's why I got kids amen I got I got, I got three dishwashers hallelujah Amen. It's yeah. I need to move right. On. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. When you expect company to come and you're gonna get your house in order. Is your house in order this morning? Is my house in order? Do uh, you know? Amen. Are we are we excited? What if we found out that the Lord was going to come back before the day's over? Would we be excited about it? We say, uh oh, I better get busy. I got some work to do. Huh? A replacement, verse number 4 through 11. Again, I'm not going to read the verse, verses again. 
Amen. But this is the sad thing about this is, of course, these men, the Sodomites, they were they were depraved. Amen. Just like those in our day. Uh, I mean, doing things that we can't even comprehend. But here's the point of this. The depths and the depraved condition of the city, the men of the city, when they found out about the visitors, they wanted the visitors for themselves. But here's the point, and that is that Lot was willing to give up his own two girls to save his own hide. He was willing to abandon the most precious commodities that he had just to save himself. He was willing to give his own family up because he was so selfish. Do you know that's where we're at today? Can, can we just get real this morning? You know what we've been doing for way too long here in America? We've been sacrificing the well-being of those treasures that God has given to us that should be the most precious thing apart from Jesus Christ. God gave me that wife that I have and those two girls, but we just give them up because we are choosing the pleasures of our own sin over the well-being of our own families. Is the preacher preaching the truth today? What's more important to you? Are we really so selfish that, 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 that a, a little fleshly indulgement, those things that the devil waves in front of our eyes and draws us away, you know when he's drawing away, when he's drawing you away from God, he's also drawing you away from that which you have been entrusted to protect. See, the devil wants to draw you away so he can get in and cause havoc. You know, some of us daddies need to be spending more time at the house than we do on the job. That's good preaching. Amen? I'm the, I am the, I am the sheepdog of my home. And if the devil can lure the sheepdog away from the home, then he can get in and spoil the house. Right? See, but, but again, sin will blind us. Listen, parents, we are in danger of handing our own kids over to Satan because we'd rather find pleasure in our own sin than we, than we would keep them safe, separate, and secure from this world's allurements. Sin will blind you, and as much as anything else, it will blind you to the effect and the consequences your sin have on the lives of other people, including those whom you supposedly love the most. You know what the real definition of a man is? A real man is one who will sacrifice himself for his family. And most men today are so selfish that we would rather abandon our families. We would rather leave our families, our kids and our wives, vulnerable to Satan as long 
as we get to enjoy our sin. Is this true today? There's a rejection. I could spend a lot more time on that. I mean, he was willing to give his own daughters up. That's how far, and he was a saved man. But he was willing to give his own babies up because his sin was more important to him than their well-being. A rejection. Now, here, here's, here's the consequence of it. Verse 12 and 14, he cried, Wolf! Little boy that cried, Wolf! You lie long enough, they won't, put, they won't pay attention to you when they need to hear the truth. Right? The sons-in-law. Amen. These visitors came to warn Lot of impending judgment that was going to fall upon the city. Lot still had enough discernment left to listen to them and to understand they were telling him the truth. But yet now it was time for him to warn his own family and get them out. When game time came, they didn't pay attention to nothing he had to say because of the life he had lived in front of them beforehand. Parents, there's going to come a point in time to where you're going to need to get a message across to your kids that may be a life and death matter for them. You better make sure you're living a life in front of them now that's going to cause them to respect you when they when their life depends upon you telling them what they need to hear. You know, the statistics are mind-boggling. And I ain't talking about the world's crowd. I'm talking about church, the church. The number of church kids that end up leaving, leaving the house of God. Most, <laughs> here's the truth. Most kids today who grow up in Bible-believing Baptist churches end up out of church when they become adults. It's just true. Here's my question. How does that line up with training up a child in the way that he should go and when he's old he'll not depart from it? Now is God a liar? So there's a problem somewhere and something tells me it's not on God's end. So who, who, where, where's the problem? See, what I'm afraid has happened and this ain't easy because the devil is very good at what he does and man, he has put, I, I, he knows his time is short and he has gone all in to do everything he can to make the world look as attractive as possible. To make Sodom look as attractive as possible to make Egypt look as attractive as possible so can he hey hey, listen he's not worried about luring the kids he knows if he can lure the parents he's already got the kids right but the truth of the matter is most Christians today have lived a lie in front of their kids they hear one thing at church and they see something entirely different at home. And I guess we just think our kids are stupid. I guess we just think they're not paying attention. I, I guess they, they think that, or we think that, that they're, they're going to give us a, a free pass and that they're going to understand. 
No, friend, what happens is our hypocrisy is undermining their faith. And when they become adults, they don't want anything to do with the things of God because of the lie they've seen mom and daddy live. But there's going to come a point in time to where as a parent, you're going to see that their life, that it is a matter of life and death with them. And they're going to need to pay attention to what you... Hey, you've been lying to them for so long, but now it's time to tell them the truth. And they ain't going to listen to nothing you have to say. And they're going to want to just go headlong into Sodom. And you know whose fault it's going to be? Ours. You know... The truth of the matter is, parents, we only have so much time to raise our children. <laughs> My baby's 15 years old today. I remember <laughs> when she was a whole lot younger than that. They grow so fast. Amen. And there comes a day, what we do is we neglect them and, and we just think that we live our lives as if we've got all the time in the world to spend with them. And then one day, usually when they're 16, 17, 18, the light turns on. And I need to get, oh, I, I need to get serious about raising my kids right. And what's happened is you've waited too late. Amen? You better get busy now because the fire's getting ready to fall. And I, I mean, I may not be able to make the choice for them where they're going to be. But I want to make sure that I do everything I can that if they make the wrong choice, the blood's on their hands and not mine. All right. I said it before, but let me say it again. It's a whole lot easier to keep your kids out of Sodom than it is to get them back out once you let them go in. But today it's almost as if we're doing a disservice to them by keeping them out of Sodom. It's almost as if we feel sorry for them if we don't let them be exposed to Sodom. Oh, I'm, I know, I'm preaching. Amen. Am I preaching? I mean, everybody else is, all the other kids are getting to do it. Right? And we just allow them to be exposed to things that their minds are simply not able to handle. And, it, and we really do have good intentions because we love them and it hurts us to deprive them of things. Right? But yet in the end, what we're doing is we are unknowingly and we're ignorantly allows, allowing our kids to be poisoned. And they're swallowing it because it tastes good. Sodom's poison tastes good, doesn't it? Right? But we're sowing a seed that's going to end up producing bitter fruit in the long run. Did you know that there is such a thing as your kids not being old enough to make decisions for themselves? I don't want to violate my kids' privacy. 
you've been listening to the world's lies too long, brother. As long as they're under your roof, they're your responsibility. And the choices they make, it's not on them, it's on you. You know the best word you can use as a parent? No. <laughs> now they'll kick and scream and throw a fit, but they'll be okay. They'll be a lot better off kicking and screaming and throwing a fit than you letting them have their way and destroying their life. All in the name of, I don't want to invade their privacy. Man, the philosophy of this world are warped. I mean, thinking that our kids at four and five years old are, are cognitively able to determine their own sexuality. Stupid. But yet we as Christian parents want to trust that kind of ideology. And we want to, we want to allow worldly philosophy to dictate the way we raise our kids. You better, you better avoid it like the venomous viper snake that it is. In every way, shape, and form. And there's so much more I could say. There's a resistance. Verse 15 through 23. Again, I'm not going to read the verses. But, but, but I, what I want you to see here is, is the advice God gave to Lot was to get as far away from Sodom as possible. You know what Lot wanted to do? Stay as close to Sodom as he could. Lord said, go to the mountains. Lot said, I, I, I want to find a middle ground. I want to stay at Zoar. Yeah, Lord, I'm out of it, but I'm still close to it. First of all, what a merciful thing that, that as, as, as defiled and as depraved and as backslidden of a man as Lot, Lot was that God still loved him enough to get him out. Friend, I don't care how far out you are. Or, no, let me say this. I don't care how, how deep in Sodom you are as a Christian believer, and I hate to even say that, but that's just where we're at today. God loves you, and He's merciful enough to get you out. God's brought me out before, and He'll do it again. Amen? Young people, if you're already neck deep up in Sodom, why don't you trust the mercy and grace of God to get you out? It's the best decision you could make. But when you come out, don't you stay too close. Get as far away as you can. Because the closer to Sodom you are, the more likely you are to be affected by it when the fire falls. See, the thing is, Lot was strong enough to handle it. But his wife wasn't. Of course, God's going to preserve us. Amen? But the question is, how much work and effort is God going to have to put forth to get me out when it comes time to do so? 2 Peter 2.9, listen to this, church. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, He condemned them with an overthrow making them as an example unto those that after should live ungodly. We need to learn the lessons of this man, church. <laughs> and he delivered just Lot, <laughs> vexed 
with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man. Let me say that again. That righteous, he was a saved man. Do you know that Lot sadly represents most Christians in our world today? They're just, they're righteous, but they're vexed! They're filthy, they're contaminated. The, the spiritual life that was birthed within them when they got saved is being smothered out because they're choosing to live amongst the Sodomites rather than the people of God. That righteous man dwelling among them, see, that's what you, you can't dwell among them. You just can't. I get it. Nobody likes to be the oddball. Nobody likes to be the outcast. But you've got to decide whether you're going to be a lot or an Abraham. You've got to decide whether or not you're going to be a lot or a Moses. Yeah, you've got to suffer reproach temporarily, but in the long run, you're going to be blessed. And you're going to have the favor of God on your life. And you're going to be rewarding by taking the right stand and doing the right thing in spite of while, the, while the rest of the world goes to hell. See, what happens is when we think that we're in the minority or we think we're alone and by ourselves and everybody else is going one way, and we're going, then we must be wrong. Rather, the majority ain't always right. And most of your buddies at school and most of your friends that are pressuring you to, amen, you got to come experience Sodom. There ain't nothing like Sodom. The drugs, the sex, the beer. Ain't nothing like it. You know what's going to happen? They're going to go to hell and they're going to burn when the fire falls. Is that where you want to be? Or are you going to man up and make the right choice and do the right thing even if it means standing alone and by yourself? Man, I hate it. Man, it's hard enough for me as an adult. I don't like being alone. I don't like being an outcast. I don't like being forsaken and abandoned for taking a stand and doing the right thing. It's hard. It hurts. But by faith, you just got to believe that it'll be worth it all to stand for Jesus and to make the choice. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's where we're at, friends. Fire's getting ready to fall. Ain't no time to play around. You're going to be in Sodom. You're going to live in memory. Or are you going to try to find a middle ground? Do you know that Lot was almost as bad off to find a middle ground than he was to be right in the middle of Sodom. He might have saved his own hide, but he lost his wife. He, I still, amen, he vet that righteous man dwelling among them. Listen, listen, in seeing and in hearing. How did he vex his righteous soul? By what he saw and what he listened to. Your eyes and your ears are the portals and the entryway into your minds. Kids, it does matter what you watch and what you listen to. And that ain't, I ain't just talking about music. I'm talking about who you listen to. The friends. You know your success is determined by your environment. Most of us are not strong enough to do it by ourselves. We better have some accountability partners. Do you know the only... Can I just say to you... Now listen, I'm just like all of you. I messed up as much as any of you have. 
But let me say this. The one thing that I was able to do, mostly because of that man and that woman that had enough guts to tell me no and raise me differently than most people were raising their kids. All right? But, but probably because of their prayers and because of my grandmama's prayers and, and these two ladies back here's prayers, I was blessed to be surrounded by a good, godly group of friends in a public high school, Greenville High School. Now, it's, it was probably a kid show compared to what it is now. But I'm just saying, you know what kept me from messing my life up when I was 18, 19 year old, 16, 17? Because I was running with Christians. Was I not? And it kept me from messing my life up before it ever got started. You say, well, that's fine, Nick, but the problem is there ain't none. Well, there's probably less. I mean, I'll agree, you guys got it harder than I do. And I know, Caroline accuses me all the time, preacher, all you do is preach to, preach to young people. Well, I know, but I've got a few, and I believe God's going to hold me responsible for doing it. And I hope you appreciate the fact that I love you enough to preach the truth, because you need to hear it. You've got a harder road than I had to hoe. You know what? I was blessed to meet that woman back there. You know where I met her in church? <laughs> I didn't meet her at the bar. I didn't meet her at the club. I met her in God's house. And can I say to you, young people, if they're not good enough to go with you to God's house, they ain't good enough for you. That might be the best thing I've said all day. If they ain't good enough to go, to you, go with you to God's house, they ain't good enough for you. Amen. But I'm telling you right now, you need to be praying, and I need to be praying, and you need to be praying that God would put godly men and godly women in these kids' lives because they're few and far between and they're hard to come by. But God's still God. And if He was able to do it for me, He's able to do it for you all. Amen. You just can't settle for less than what you deserve. Huh? That's right. Seeing and hearing. I've yet to get through 2 Peter 2 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under the day of judgment. Man, here's the thing. God knows how to get His people out of Sodom. You say, it's hard, it's tough. I know it is, but God's still able if you want it. Enough. But He wanted to stay close to Sodom. He was willing to come out, but He still wanted to make a deal with God. Friend, you need to quit bargaining with God. You, bet, you better just go, you better agree to His terms. And his terms are to get as far away from that filthy mess as you possibly can because there ain't nothing good about it. There's nothing good that's going to come out of it long term. Temporarily, it might satisfy your urge. But it's going to leave you with a hangover. Result. Verse 24 through 26. We'll read this. Then the Lord rained 
upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone of fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain, all the inhabitants of cities, and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Whose fault was that, Lot's? Partially. It was her fault. She made that choice. But yet I'm just telling you, he didn't protect his resources. Not only did he expose himself, he exposed his daughters, but he exposed his wife to things. She wasn't strong enough to handle. And because she got an appetite for it, she got a taste of it. When it came to go, time to go out, Lot was willing to go, but she looked back. And Lot lost the most valuable and precious commodity that he had. Friend, you may have some fun in Sodom. You're going to lose more than you ever gain. It may look good. It may taste good. It may smell good. It may feel good. But brother, when it's all said and done, the devil's going to be laughing at you and you're a loser. and You're going to go out of Sodom empty-handed. It's what happens when you play with Sodom. It's what happens when you play games with the devil. That's what happens, friend, when you play footsie with the world. The world ain't your friend. It's your enemy. The devil don't have anything good for you. He hates you, and he wants your soul to fry in hell with the other sodomites when the fire falls. You better get out of Sodom. I'm ringing the bell this morning. We better get out of Sodom. I I better get out of Sodom. My family better stay out of Sodom. I better better protect my wife and my kids from Sodom. Because I may get out, but I don't want to my heart to be broken because they didn't make it. You know, there's a lot of Christian parents that are looking back to Sodom with broken hearts because their kids didn't make it. Now, it's not always the parents' fault, but I'm just saying, I don't want to look back and say, well, I wish I would have done that, or amen, because all of us could do better than what we've done. Amen, but you better not wait until it's too late to get your family out of Sodom. Because the fire is getting ready to fall. You better not get close to it. You better not hunker up to it. You better not pitch your your tent towards it. You better head to the hills. Get to the plains of Mamre as fast as you can. You may suffer temporarily for it, but it ain't going to be long till you're going to be on the winning side while the world's on fire. Stay out of Sodom. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Keep you longer than you want to stay. Cost you far more than you're ever willing to pay. But I don't care who you are today. And this is for those watching, listening. I don't care where you're at. If you're God's child, see what happens is when we get into Sodom and when we become polluted and poisoned and and, and our lives become contaminated and you know, it's like, well, God's done with us and, and God, God, God can never use us. No, friend, I don't care. You may be in neck deep. You, better, you may be in the quicksand of Sodom and you, be, you, you may be getting ready to go down, swallowed by the muck and the mire. But I'm telling you, God's strong arm 
it, it's strong enough to, to get you out. And if you're His, He wants to get you out. He's merciful and He loves you. If He can bring Lot out, He can bring you out. Amen? Where are you going to be when the fire falls? Let's all stand. Father, it's been a while since I've felt such an urgency over the message I've preached today. And Lord, the truth of the matter is, before I was preaching it to anybody else, I was preaching it to myself. And Lord, I pray that I would take heed to thus saith the Lord today. I may be strong enough to make it out. Probably not, but maybe I am. But Lord, i got some people in my life that I'm responsible for that if I don't stand, they won't. If I don't live right, they won't live right. If I don't set an example before them through the way that I live, they're certainly not going to listen to anything I have to say, even if I'm trying to drag them out when the fire falls. Oh, God, help us parents. Oh, Father, it's harder today to be an parent than it ever has been. God, we need wisdom and discernment, knowing when to say yes and when to say no. God, sometimes it's just hard to know what is the right thing to do. God, I thank you for these young... Father, we may not have a full house today, but I'm thankful for every young person that you've put in this church to hear this message today. Or to help these kids to know that they got a preacher that loves them. God, I'm not trying to be mean today. I've not tried to say anything for any other reason that I care about them. I love them, Lord. Father, they could tell me anything. There ain't nothing that would change how I feel about them. God, they're good kids. But God, they're fighting an uphill battle. And God, first of all, whether or not they make it out of Sodom may depend upon what I do. But Father, if they're going to make it out, the best thing for them to do is never go in. But maybe they're in today. God, help them to be strong enough. Help them to want it bad enough. Help them to be willing to man up, even as a young person, to man up and do the right thing. Saying it means enough to me. Lord, in spite of everything, in spite of the picture that the world's painting, that tells me contrary and otherwise to what the preacher's telling me today. Yet still, the right thing to do is to take a stand and to come out of Sodom because the fire is getting ready to fall. And I don't want to be in Sodom when the fire falls. Father, move during the invitation, Lord. Whether it be an older person, an adult, a parent, a young person, Lord. Father, I pray the Holy Spirit of God would prick their hearts and draw them to an old-fashioned altar. And help them to trust your mercy and grace to do whatever needs to be done in their life. In Jesus' name we pray.
Every head bowed, every eye closed. Anybody here this morning, adultery, young person, say, Preacher, I don't want to be in Sodom when the fire falls. Are you willing to raise your hand? I don't want to be in Sodom when the fire falls. Don't. I don't want to be in Sodom when the fire falls. Any parent? Preacher, I can do a better job living a life in front of my kids to make sure they don't want to be in Sodom because of the example I've set before them. Pray that I'd live a life of honesty, integrity in front of my kids so that they'd make the right choice and do the right thing. Kids, I'm talking to you for a minute. Preacher, pray for me because the pressure's on and, and it's mounting and it's getting harder and harder for me to make the right choice. I got some friends at school or where I work or whatever, I, wherever it's at, family members, peer pressure, that's trying everything they can to get me to walk smack dab right in the middle of Sodom. Preacher, pray that I'd trust God's grace to keep me out so that I might take a stand and do the right thing. Anybody raise your hand? There ain't nothing to be embarrassed about. I ain't, I ain't here to I ain't, I ain't here to do anything. Thank you. I see that. Any other young person, preacher, pray that I would be willing to say no when everybody else is saying yes. To do right when everybody else is doing wrong. Preacher, pray that I would be strong enough and man enough to trust the amazing grace of God to stay out of Sodom because I know and believe the fire's getting ready to fall. Anybody raise your hand, young person? Thank you. Someone else? One more. All right. And again, this can apply to a young person or adult. Preacher, the truth of the matter is I've, I've already fooled around with Sodom. I've spent some time in Sodom. My life already feels tainted by Sodom because of some things I've done that I know I shouldn't have done. Some influences and some people who have encouraged me to do wrong even though I knew what was right. And preacher, right now my problem is I just need to have enough faith to trust God to be merciful and gracious to bring me out and clean me up. And maybe the Lord has used this message to help me to know that if God could bring Lot out, He can bring me out. Maybe you're neck deep in Sodom. You pray, say, preacher, pray that I'd have enough faith to trust God to forgive me and to clean me up. Anybody? I ain't going to embarrass you. I want to pray for you. They say, Preacher, I, I, I'm, I'm tainted. I've spent some time fooling around with Sodom. And I'm worse off for it. And I need to come out before it's too late. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else? I believe God's dealing with some people here today. Father in heaven, Lord, I'm leaving it in your hands. God, I pray that if somebody needs to respond, you'd send old-fashioned, heaven-sent, Holy Ghost conviction. 
Father, you know the truth of the matter is we as adults can't expect the young people to get right until we're willing to get right. We can't expect our kids to do the right thing until we're willing to do the right thing. We can't expect them to want to stay out of Sodom and, and be willing to get out of it when we're smack dab right in the middle of it ourselves. Maybe the kids are just sitting there waiting on us. Dad, mom, preacher, pastor, I'll get out when you get out. I'll do right when you do right. But as long as you're in, I'm in. Don't tell me to do one thing when you're doing another. And friend, from the pulpit to the pew, I'm afraid that's where we're at today. And what we're doing is what Lot's doing. We're giving our kids to the sodomites because we're not willing to give up our sin. Why don't we as adults gather at the old-fashioned altar and set an example for our kids showing that we have a desire to do right for ourselves and by them? In Jesus' name. Some are praying. How about you, friend? If you need to come, the altar's open.